You're listening to episode 313 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our journey with season two of the German Netflix series, Dark. And we're going to talk about episode seven tonight. We got one more next week. It's been a fun journey. Uh, Speaking of journeys, uh, you were away with the family. Yep. Went up to uh, the Great White North of Boston, Massachusetts this weekend. It was fun. My brother, uh, my wife's brother and his wife uh, live up there. They moved up there a couple years ago. So it's really nice up there. (laughs) This time of year when it's like, it just sucks down here. uh, The weather up there is extremely pleasant and it was really nice. Yeah. My dad was from New Hampshire, so we went up there every summer. And and as you said, it's just a marvelous place. And and to be honest, I'd consider moving there. But, you know, as I get older, (laughs) those winters are pretty darn severe. That's the thing. We just go in the summer and it's awesome. But uh, I don't know if I would be as pleased uh, going up there in the winter. Of course, up there, winters, it's not, you know, it's like in Buffalo, you know, just like the snow isn't as big a thing, you know, because it's there all the time so people just get on with their lives and stuff but well dude anytime i think about that i just get out my copy of the shining watch that and uh, i'm good to go for living in an area like that so (laughs) all right uh wayne and i want to thank our patreon supporters mark Fred from the Netherlands, Dan, Cindy, Travis, and Mike. And uh, I'm not going to go into detail this week on our Patreon account, but you know, if you want to go there, there's a link on the website, and you can go to patreon.com slash sci-fi TV rewatch. If you want to contact us, though, with some episode feedback, questions, whatever, the email is at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab. Record your own audio clip, send the MP3 as an attachment, or consider joining the Facebook group and get into the discussions there. All right. Now, uh, you know, in my news item, I I was just going to point out, and and we've pointed this out uh, previously, that once we finish our season two discussion of Dark, uh, we're going to get caught up on uh, any Patreon supporter requests. And, uh, you know, we're, we're getting a little bit of feedback about how we should handle going back to season one of Dark. And, and you know, the feedback has been positive. It's just a question of when we should do it, whether we should do it now or wait before season three is ready to drop. But yeah, we don't have to do anything now. But you heard the news about another show cancellation, I assume. The OA will not return for season yeah, three. Yeah, dude. That's, man, that's going to go up there as one of the biggest cliffhangers. I mean, that might have knocked out the Sarah Connor Chronicles as the, you know, the, the biggest cliffhanger that a series has to end on. Yeah. Yeah, so and that's I don't something. know that was that was that was previously by far number one for me. Yeah, I mean, if you look up paradigm shift in the dictionary, I'm sure the ending sequence of season two of the OA was right there. So who the heck knows where they were going with that? But I don't know. You know, there's already a a movement out there to try to save it, but I think the shows that get saved by fan involvement are, are few and far between and that doesn't mean fans shouldn't go out and try to save yeah, the yeah. show of course they should but 
I don't know. I've read a lot about Netflix and it's overextending itself. I think somebody even posted something about that on the Facebook group. So I don't know. My my hopes are not very high for a third season of the OA. But uh, no, and honestly, if you've got like the time to like start this movement to save a TV show, um, you might want to think about like going down to a homeless shelter or something. Helping out the people there, I think. Right. I'm, I'm just saying, like, while I love the OA, if you really want to throw yourself into something, there's probably things that could better serve society. Yeah, no question. So, all right, well, we're going to move through tip of the week rather quickly this time. And, and for me, I mentioned Katie Sackhoff's latest sci-fi offering, Another Life, which dropped on Netflix uh, about a week or two ago. And I watched the first two episodes and this is definitely not a show I'm going to pursue. Okay, it is now, not very good. Hold on there. You liked it. No, I haven't seen it yet, but my son is watching it. Okay. He said the first two episodes were awful. Yes. But then it got really good after that. Well, and he, uh, lo- he loved the rest. Okay, well, in, so, in the Reddit I'm, group, um, in, I don't even remember which Reddit group it was, obviously, for sci-fi, but people were really trashing it and finally somebody said well listen all i want to know is which episode does this character get killed and the character is easily the most annoying character in the show and somebody told them oh it's episode this number like all right so i might go watch just that episode but i I don't know so yeah all i can say is sean like like he he said it was the first two episodes were terrible and then he really got into it after that. So Okay. Well, maybe I'll yeah. give it a shot when I get a chance. I'm yeah. Getting near the end of Buffy. But do you have one for this week? I do. And I just started last night. I watched the first two episodes of The Boys on Amazon. You heard about this one? I have. I think Michael saw it. I don't know if he's seen it all or what the deal is, but I have not. I don't have Amazon. So, uh, yeah. What do you got? What? No. You don't have Amazon. You know, and everybody says, well, you get free shipping. Dude, I haven't ordered anything from Amazon literally in two years, and I know what? that's hard to believe. And, Dude, I just cannot and, believe that. And, and my house, if you come in my house, you know, uh, yeah. this angler came a couple weeks ago. It's like, it, it looks like a shipping outpost. There's so many boxes, but just not from Amazon. So wow. anyway, go ahead. What do you I'm got? I'm stunned. But I anyway, know. so- the boys, I watched the first two episodes, and they were great. It's Eric Kripke, actually. And like when I, saw, I didn't know that before I watched it, but uh, when I saw his name at the end of it, I was like, well, that figures. Because the writing is outstanding. It's really, there's these uh, superheroes that are kind of part of a corporation. So they're celebrities, and um, and really the, the superheroes are, they're, terrible awful people you know, just overall so it, it follows this one guy whose uh girlfriend is killed by a superhero at whether accidentally or not we i don't know least there are only two episodes in and uh another a girl a young girl from iowa who becomes part of the seven which is i guess like the seven biggest superheroes it's kind of like a justice league team she gets she gets accepted into it it almost she'll audition for it like a like almost like it's a beauty pageant role kind of like that so her trying to get used to this you know small town girl all of a sudden she's in new york with this 
you know, group of, of terrible people. It's just so far, uh, the first two episodes, uh, I mean, I had to give it a bed because it was getting late. If, uh, if it weren't, I would, I would definitely kept watching because it was just really awesome. Right, really cool. good. Very funny, but dark. A lot of, you know, obviously satirical and social commentary. Simon Pegg is in there as the guys, as the kid's dad. Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, my God. It's just not. Anyway, yeah. uh, this 80s teen crush of mine is uh, is in there as well. The, the, uh, I just can't believe The girl from Adventures in Babysitting. I can't think of the name right now. I'm just really ashamed of myself. But And shows I'm getting old, too, I think. So, anyway. Uh, but check out the boys. It's great. Cool. So All far, right. so far, so good. I'll be done in like probably two more days, so I can give you a, a fuller feedback next week. All right. Now, Fred sent in a, a quick tip for a 2018 film, Suspiria, and I guess he was drawn to it because Dakota Johnson uh, is in the lead role, and and he liked her in Fifty Shades of Grey, which I did as well. I'm not going to get in discussing that movie, but I I enjoyed it. I I thought she was good for the role but the reason he was attracted to the film is because angela winkler who plays nurse enes conwald in dark has a role in it as well so you know he had seen the trailer and got a kind of dark hill house vibe to it it's a supernatural horror film a remake of a 77 film uh, of the same name and it follows an american woman who enrolls at a dance academy in berlin which is plagued with unusual occurrences. So, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of us are drawn to films that have actors in it that we like, and that's simply what gets us to that. In fact, that's how we did Birds of Prey, because Rachel Scarston from Lost Girl at the time w- was mm-hmm. in that, and it turned out to be a good choice on, uh, on our part. Suspiria, 2018 film, if you're into that kind of thing, which I suspect you are, or you wouldn't be here. <laughs> so... Right. Um, first of all, uh, it's two things. First of all, Elizabeth Shue. I just remembered it's the ah, Avengers okay. scene. So she said. Secondly, because uh, you mentioned Hill House, um, did you see what uh, season two was going to be based on? Uh, yeah, Henry James, right? Yeah, yeah, Turn of the Screw. Yeah. Yeah, we knew that. Did we know that? Yeah, yeah, they, they mentioned that a while ago. Oh, well, yeah. then that is totally not news. <laughs> Now we I just know read that the other day I, I didn't I didn't really think about it, so I didn't realize that so yeah I think there's at least one I think the actor that plays Nell is going to be in it yeah I could be and, wrong about uh, that no 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 she is and the the twin brother is is in it as well oh okay the uh, young Luke or old Luke Luke older Luke okay older okay cool yeah I, I, and again I'd be surprised if adult theo is not in it because she's married to mike flanagan who's the director and the creator and all that so but i I guess we'll wait and see Um, on that but uh yeah i'm looking forward to that i'll definitely give that a shot yeah should be good so all right well let's get to episode seven of season two of dark titled the white devil written by yante frisia and mark o sang and this is the fifth episode they've written together directed as always by baron bo odar and one of the things that strikes me in this episode, that the key players, particularly in this episode, but in addition to Jonas, of course, and, and Adam, who, of course, is Jonas, but 2020 Hannah Conwald, who's now in 1954, 1987 Claudia Tiedemann, 
and 2020 Martha Nielsen has really just crept up and suddenly, at least to me, seems really, really important to this storyline. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that, you know, the first montage or whatever, um, you know, we've <laughs> We see Martha sitting across from Adam, and first I'm like, "Wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> it's only been a week, but I don't think I re- recall Martha meeting with Adam." And of course, he's just seeing her there, and then we see Katharina uh, sees um, Mickle in the corner of the room and everything. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Right now, uh, in terms of questions, uh, look, the eternal question seems to be, and I guess this is true of a lot of time travel: Can the future be changed? But we're also still left with wondering who Charlotte's mother is. I mean, we know Noah's her father. We don't get any more clarity on that in this episode. But in this episode, Hannah going to 1954, how long does she stay there? And does she hook up with Egon? I mean, she's certainly flirting with him. Yeah, it looks like that that might happen. Right. Um, And then how like psychologically effed up is that? You know? it, it is quite a bit, but again, this is Hannah Conwald. So right, like like Hannah, like so. This is back when Jonas showed Hannah how to use the time machine. So, you know, my question now certainly is: Did he do that? Like on, per- or was he directed to do that? Did he do that, knowing what she would do, or suspecting what she would? do with that knowledge right because otherwise i i mean i really can't remember exactly why he showed her how to use the time well i, I guess to to because to, he took her back right to 1986 you know couldn't he have said like hey, why don't you just turn around like you know instead he he gives the most unbalanced uh wacko character in the whole town of Winden the freaking keys to the gunpowder room and a box of matches yeah, I, I I think it's safe to say he should have been more careful <laughs> with where he left it. Well, unless um, he did it on purpose well, or was told to do it. And I think we could argue that's more likely true as bizarre as it must sound. So. But she also seems like the the X factor, you know? I mean, to, to say Adam didn't consider this, well, I mean, I, Adam seems to know everything, so... But, I mean, she really seems to be the loose wrench in, in all of this. Like, you think if the future is going to be changed, it's not going to be by Jonas or Claudia. It's going to be by Hannah, just kind of the bull in the china shop of time, you know? Right. Just mucking things up that she really knows nothing about. You know, and, and we start in 1954, June 26, one day until the apocalypse, and that opening scene for that time frame is with old claudia's corpse in the morgue and egon the me and the superior talking about it and of course egon's taken aback not only because he met her earlier but because of the two different eye colors just like his daughter which obviously this is his daughter just in an older version but the me then points out that her body indicates she'd been exposed to high levels of radiation and i love how egon just kind of jumps back and yeah and i guess i was a little surprised how cavalier they all were about 
those levels of radiation. I mean, the other guy didn't have any protection and the ME was what he had a couple rubber gloves on and that was about yeah. it. <laughs> you think, uh, we found high levels of radiation. So we freaking called in the government. We've shut down the whole building. Everyone has protection, protective suits on. Yeah. No, instead just like, eh, just got a lot of radiation there. Right. But at this point, what must Egon be thinking? Because, one of the things Fred points out in his feedback is about who knows about time travel and who doesn't. And of course we find out in this episode, at least that older Egon has pieced everything together. At what point does he figure things out? And at this point, I don't think we can say he he knows about time travel or would even believe it, but with Hannah there, it seems likely that she's the one that brings him into the loop, but it just, what the hell must he be thinking at this point? So, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Egon and he's one of those characters that's kind of come full circle as a police officer. We see him going to talk to young Helga shows him the picture of dead Claudia, which in and of itself, what the hell he's a eight-year-old kid and you're showing him a dead woman in the morgue of course his mother could care less about that at that point he's the one that brings up about the white devil right he told me about her the white devil and won't say who told him she wants to kill us all of us but she hasn't even begun yet so uh, we wondered about the white devil it certainly makes sense that she would be called that, I assume, because of her hair. Well, okay, so here's what I, because I, I, I delved in this. When we, they brought up earlier this idea of the white devil. And, you know, of course, obviously, we, I had mentioned there at least, that that has a strong connotation in America that, of a racial nature. But, and that, obviously, that's not what they're going for. So I, I thought about that. I'm like, so what? are they going for where did they come up with this idea of the white devil so i just kind of did a quick search and i found out that it is a um play by john webster who's a contemporary of shakespeare i think a little younger than shakespeare wrote a play called the white devil and it was basically there's all kinds of murdering going on and people getting killed and and killing their wives and husbands and stuff like that and hooking up in the back and stuff like that. So it it seems like basically it really kind of it makes a comment on how people try to appear to be good on the outside, but really inside they're terrible, horrible people. Now I don't know if that really applies. I don't know. It's also the name of a German silent film from the 1930s but again uh you know i i didn't look very obviously i didn't look very deeply into that either um to see like the ins and outs of it and everything so but you know it just you know this this symbol um of of white as being something meaning you know like a symbol of of purity um you know basically across cultures and the devil obviously being the opposite of that. So I guess the name itself is just kind of a paradox in itself, in and of itself. Yeah. Apparently the German film from the thirties was based on a Tolstoy novel. 
don't really know what it was yeah. about. But but yeah, as you said, now 2020 Hannah finds herself in 1954. Obviously, she snatches the time machine as Joe. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, this, this, I'm, so, I'm sorry. This is one thing uh, was because um, when Helga says Helga, someone told Helga about the White Devil. So I'm not sure if he really like again. I don't 100 percent see him identifying claudia as the white devil though later that does happen but just saying he told me about the white devil and then he says she wants to kill us she wants to kill all of us is he talking about claudia or by the end of this is hannah the white devil oh i like it i mean we haven't seen an older version of claudia yet but I suspect that she's only going to get meaner and nastier. You mean Hannah? I mean Hannah. What did I say, yeah. Claudia? Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, I like that. That uh, I like that approach. Well, I mean, speaking of Hannah, we, we find her in 1954 after snatching the time machine from a sleeping Jonas. Does she go to 1954 specifically? I mean, does she? understand the time machine to that degree that she can pinpoint when she goes or does she just get lucky and end up there i don't know okay yeah okay okay i mean sorry no it's not something i missed then right you know it's just that uh i guess from a narrative perspective just to speed things up she gets there because she's seen the photograph on the wall in the bunker of ulrich in jail in 1954 so you know she does have that as a target where she wants to go it's it's just uh i I guess we'll well you know we'll just let that slide in terms of a uh a plot point but she goes in there and and i guess my question is why because she goes there i mean she sees the photograph she knows now time travel is a thing she knows that's her Ulrich they're holding. What's the point of going there? Just to go there and, you know, hold it over him? Because I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you know, with Hannah, who knows, man? I, I guess I looked at it this way. Maybe she, I mean, it seems she just went there just to kind of like see him. And then once she saw him, it seems like she just kind of like, randomly decides, eh, you know, you're not who you used to be. I'm done with you. Whereas maybe she went in there thinking, I'll go back in time. I'll save Ulrich and we'll go live happily ever after. Right. And I guess on the one hand, maybe she plans to see how he reacts to her appearance there. Look, he time traveled, so he's not going to be freaked out that she somehow managed to time travel. But as soon as he comes out of his drug-induced stupor and realizes it's her, the first things he asks about are Katerina and his children, which is clearly not what she wants to hear. It's almost like a light bulb goes off in Ulrich's head. Oh, but but I love you. I'll leave her and come with you. Just get me out of here. So he he's not totally out of it. He realizes what it is he's dealing with but i think at that point it's too little too late and she just tells the guards nope not my husband yeah that's just just so messed up on so many levels 
Yeah, first of all, she tells the guard she's Katerina. So, I mean, we know she has this fantasy of supplanting Katerina and not necessarily having a family, but just being Ulrich's wife or being with Ulrich. I mean, that's what she's wanted since she was a little girl, right? Sure. Um, and then she also says that she doesn't have kids, which is a lie both in her fantasy that she's got going here, but also in reality. So she's almost like denying Jonas at this point as well. She's just really, really a messed up person, I think. It's just, and she's just a horrible, like we said, how horrible of a person she is. And she just kind of really just rings that bell completely and just being just, just terrible, terrible. Yeah, I think you're right. I, that's what I'd forgotten about, how the first thing he does is ask about Katerina and his kids, which was a big misstep. I think, yeah, you're right that maybe if he had said something like, oh, get me out of here, we'll be together forever, then that might have, you know, she might have been more amenable to that. But, of course, the first thing he asked about is his family, and that's no good with her. Right. Now, I find it hard to accept that I'm going to defend Hannah, but I wonder if intellectually she accepts that that man in her house is her son Jonas, but emotionally divorces herself from it that her son who is 18 is gone now granted she understands the time travel component and all that or is it just simply a flat-out lie as you imply in your assessment of the situation that's probably the smarter way to look at this situation that she's just conning everybody in her sight at this point but she goes back to egon's office afterward and he asks her if she knows an Agnes Nielsen, because, of course, as you said, she says that she's Katerina Nielsen. And we forget that Agnes Nielsen is actually Ulrich's grandmother, I believe. So yes. I find that interesting and not that she thought that far ahead. But he asks her if she's traveling back today. And I just found that amusing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but not the way you think. But then she yeah, tells well, him no. she's like, yeah, she's like well, no. Well, yeah, yeah. She tells him she's gonna look for a fresh start and is planning to stay in 1954. And then we have to start wondering whether these two are going to hook up, and if they do, do they produce any children? And are their children or their child someone that we've already met and just haven't accounted for or incorrectly accounted for? So. Right, and, and you had mentioned before that it's notable. I mean, now that Hannah has the ability to time travel, that we haven't seen either A, Hannah out of time. Like So again, you know, just being able to time travel once, we could have seen her any time in seasons one and two. Um, she could have popped up. We haven't seen an older version of Hannah either. So you know, again, I think these things are starting to add up when we realize we don't see people either in the past or in the future then that's meaningful in some way yeah now have you watched the third season of jessica jones yet yeah okay i've still got two episodes to go but i'm far enough along into it that uh, i'm watching jessica jones I'm, i'm preparing my notes for the episode we're talking about and 
I just can't help but make that connection with 1987 Claudia. And, you know, it's June 26th, which she realizes is the date of Egon's death. And she runs out carrying the time machine case. And we know what she's trying to do. She's trying to prevent her father's death. She's trying to, as best she can, repair their broken relationship because, you know, for all her attempts to go with him to his chemotherapy and and, and all of that, it, it's just, again, maybe a little too late, but maybe in her mind, uh, it, it's not too late to save him. But like in Jessica Jones, all of these things have unintended consequences. And that right. when you save this person, something bad happens to someone else and going back to that initial question at the top of the discussion can you actually change the future and if we take this incident as an answer or at least one answer then the question is no uh, you, you can't change it it might proceed a little bit differently but the end result's going to be the same right and you know again we saw martha's room that still has the big Macbeth poster on the wall there you know, ironically, her efforts to save her father are just what led to his death. I mean, if she, she killed him, the reason he died was because she was with him. And the only reason she's with him is because she was with him all day trying to keep him from dying. Right. Exactly. You know? and, and then they have that discussion because he brings up whether she thinks he was a good cop. And, and look, we know the Egon from season one and and we said at the time this is just a guy that's marking time until he retires he doesn't care about the job at this point and and he was really a relatively unsympathetic character and and a lot of that has changed in season two and you see her tearing up as he's talking about this but he starts bringing up time travel in a movie and of course, we are now thinking, oh, okay, where did he learn about it? How did he learn about it? Oh, Hannah in 1954. Uh, of course, what happened to that Hannah? Is she still around as an older individual? Did she die at some point? I mean, again, we don't know. But how is he piecing all of this together unless Hannah revealed the truth about time travel sometime in 1954 or after i mean if they start some sort of a relationship eventually he's going to ask what's in the suitcase yeah i i, I think really i think what kind of got him onto it though was uh older egon not egon sorry ulrich when okay ulrich tried to uh take mickle back and that's i think that's really when he started to because what did he f he found? Some, I can't remember. Oh, the, the the lyrics to the album that he'd said. Yeah, I can't, ah, I just can't remember all the details. But yeah, there was like all these little things about Ulrich that had him starting to realize or, or come up with this idea that the 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 guy he this old man he's talking to is the Ulrich Nielsen who is a teenager right now and who was a uh, you know, about a 50-year-old man 30 years ago. Yeah, right, right. And I, I think with Claudia and Egon, I mean, we see this this uncomfortable uh, situation because 
And, and look, on the on the one hand, everything in this this show boils down to secrets and lies on so yeah. many levels. And he says that Ulrich is a time traveler, and I know it sounds ridiculous. Her response is, that's it, you're moving in with us. But of course, he wonders whether she believes him. And of course, we know that she does believe him because, you know, she does know it's true, yet neither can admit what it is they know, which is certainly understandable. He starts wondering about the caves, and and of course, Claudia tells him to forget about them. I'm not sure why. You know, I mean, at this point in their relationship and the things that have been laid out on the table, why doesn't she just tell him, look, I went to 2020, I saw this article about your death, I'm trying to stop it from happening. And he says, well, here's what I know about the caves, or, or, or certainly she knows more about the caves than, than he does. I, I don't understand. Um, you know, and, and then eventually he says, I know you're a part of this, that you know about time travel. You know, of course, that's when uh, the struggle starts and the death that she's trying to prevent, she actually causes firsthand. So, right. You know, and, and then I love it. There will be sacrifices. Okay, wow. That's pretty harsh. Yeah. Well, you know, I I just, you you see Claudia being pretty dismissive of ego. You know, like she's kind of caught between two things. I mean, one, it's obvious she has, she actually does love her father. It's not she doesn't love him. She she does. She does care for him. She does want him to, to live. But on the other hand, when he tries to talk to her, she doesn't really listen. She's very dismissive of him. So it really seems like she's just so caught up in the listen. We just got to get out of this apartment. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Like she's kind of blowing off what he's actually saying to her uh, until he, you know, gets to the point where he goes to call the police to go and check out the caves, and and that's the point where you know it, it gets real. Not to discount your theory of Hannah as the white devil, but his dying words are, you are the white devil. And obviously, we're taken back to his meeting with eight-year-old Helge. So has anything happened in the interim, 1954 to 1987, to provide him a little bit more information about who claudia really is who the white devil is right um so i i think right before he dies is he kind of finally pieces it all together he finally figures out and which is i think that's what he's when he tells her that she's the white devil that's i think as he's dying he realizes that that old lady back in 1954 is his daughter who is now here and that his daughter claudia is that old lady from way back when? Yeah, you know, and I think like again the the once he figures out time travel, like the eyes thing should completely lead him to that realization. You know, but it takes him a while, uh, and it takes you know uh, a, a traumatic head injury for him to put it all together. Right, and not to mention the fact that this is your daughter. And all of the emotion that would go with putting you know, those pieces together. So, yeah, it, it just is 
just is really mind-boggling. And, you know, I, we, we don't typically pick apart dark too much. I mean, it is a time travel show and all that. I and mean, we think they do a wonderful job, as we've said many times. But, dude, I don't know about you, but if I left a note for my parents that said, I'm sleeping at a friend's. <laughs> Yeah, uh, pretty sure. Maybe things are different in Germany. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure uh, uh, I wouldn't have gotten away with that. Yeah, I would not wash at, at, at uh, my house, or it yeah. wouldn't wash now for my kids. Now, I'd be I like, think you'd uh, require a, a little bit more detail to that note. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I don't think it's any wonder where where she is. You know who she's staying with. Um, right. Right. So I, I assume Alexander. Right. I mean, that's yeah, 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 okay. totally, yep. Okay. So uh, time travel Jonas, who obviously is a teenager, lets himself into her place with the key that he claims she gave him. Again, it takes her a, a couple seconds. Oh, I know who you got it from. I know what you've done. She told me. And at this point, Claudia is just, I think the enormity of what it is she's involved in really beginning to hit home i think more so than at any point in the story but then jonas drops that bombshell she also said it didn't have to happen again next time yeah where are we going to the future which ah oh, okay which future yeah. right <laughs> so ah dark so and that's said by the young jonas and we know that later, like middle-aged Jonas and certainly Adam, are not members of Team Claudia. Um, but this young Jonas is. In fact, the, he's just fresh off of uh, being taken away from his dad's house by older Claudia. Right. This is where it gets really confusing because I'm trying to think. Oh, when did, so when Jonas walked in, like, all right, what did we last see? Oh, yeah, he was with... This right after his, he left his dad, uh, who was about to go commit suicide for him, and he left with older Claudia. And so now this is like the first time we've seen him after that, and, and he seems to be more skilled in the ways of the Force right. now. I like it. Um, well, Clausen obviously is laser-focused on bringing Alexander down, and we certainly learn why in this episode but a couple of things occur to me he has that letter that he forces alexander to read when when they're in the interrogation room who sent him that letter and how long has he had it and then the photograph of him with his brother as Fred points out, and, and I've said this before, I can never remember whether Fred posted it on the Facebook group, and that's where I saw it, or whether it was in one of the <laughs> messages he sent me. But, but apparently that photo really is of the actor at a younger age, and whether that's his actual brother or not. But regardless, I got a feel from their clothing that it was a lot earlier than the 80s i don't know if you recall the photo or not uh i'm, I'm just trying to look at the picture now Which actually the, uh it uh, of the the yeah. brothers so I, um you know he, he you know it's it's tough okay. to tell so but we know he's focused on on finding out what happened to his brother he he certainly suspects that 
this is the Alexander Kohler that he's been searching for all of this time that you stole my brother's identity. You know, he's going to arrest him for identity theft and obstruction. Apparently he's not going to get him on collusion though. No obstruction, no collusion. Um, but uh, that's the way it works (laughs) but does that then mean that that alexander killed somebody killed his brother and then of course we go to the first time we meet him out in the woods at age 17 and he's bleeding and he's got a gun and a couple of passports so something happened whether it ultimately becomes more important we don't know at this point but something's going on there something is in alexander's past but again i mean we don't know who sent him that letter as far as i know right yeah no i we have no idea uh, i guess we depend on fred to analyze the handwriting i think we see the handwriting briefly (laughs) but uh but but maybe not but it certainly has that same kind of paper that it seems everybody in the show writes on but Mm -hmm. you know regardless getting back to martha for a second though she wants to look for jonas and suspects that he might already be there and we get the the kid group i don't know what else to call it i was calling it team magnus for a while because he seemed to be i like calling it the scooby-doo i like it i like it um (laughs) uh now you know who the scooby gang is right yeah, of course you don't. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's what they call her little group that they became they became uh, known as the Scooby okay. Gang for exactly that reason why you, you right. decided. Right, right, but right. we see them on the train tracks quite a bit. And I'm looking at that mm-hmm. one image where that that bridge is right overhead and it's got that arch and then the train track goes through the arch and it took me back to lost girl and and you know the episodes when Bo is on the train and then you know one thing leads to another and and what is it about trains what do they represent and and you know certainly i think at a lot of levels the journey that we go on throughout life and the thing about the tracks i mean once you're on the track right once the train starts going down the track there's no deviation. You're going wherever that track leads you, right? Now, maybe uh, it'll yeah. fork or whatever, but you don't really have control over over that once you're on the train. So I don't know. Maybe I'm reading more into it than was intended, but it, it certainly you know stood out to me as I was watching them. Now, she storms off, goes to the Conwald house, and of course, we first hear the banging on the door, and we immediately assume it must be Katerina. But it didn't have that intensity that we hear from Katerina, right? Well, and like Jonas is freaking out, so like he's already he's already met Katerina, right? right? Like he he wouldn't be well. I mean, I guess especially after you've met Katerina, you'd be scared of seeing her again. But you know that that level of angst and nervousness he gets. Well, we understand now why, because it's Martha there that he's freaking out because he doesn't want to really see her, but he does want to see her, you know, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, I don't want you to see me like this, but 
yeah. there aren't a whole lot of options. Yeah. But but again, I love. Yeah, I totally had this dream we were having sex though, so I got to kind of run with that a little bit. Yeah, you know, good point. But I, I love how the recognition takes place. She mentions a deja vu. He responds, "Glitch in the Matrix," which obviously has meaning to her asks if she found the pendant and then of course we've got that emotional reunion and well, I'm, I'm pretty sure like he had said that to her before yeah yeah or she said that right to him right before. that's what i'm saying it had it had meaning yeah. for the for the two of them right right uh and then uh this time katarina can't be satisfied with merely banging the crap out of hannah's door <laughs> this time she's got to take an yeah. axe or whatever the hell she's gotten she, i think it's a crowbar God, breaks the window and just yeah. to watch Martha and Jonas, like they're freaked out, you know, who the hell is this? But she comes in, reveals the truth about Jonas being Martha's nephew and, and like, you know, keep your dirty hands off her. And I get where that came from, but uh, he's also your grandson. So yeah, come on, uh, grandma. This is Europe. Relax a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> I think more importantly, how does Martha process this? And obviously we've had plenty of time to think about the ramifications, think about the relationships. And I, I certainly suspect we'll see down the road how Martha handles this new knowledge, but yeah, she doesn't like freak out and start pounding her fists on jonas or anything like that because why would she why would she she well, knows about time travel she knows right. how everything is, is transpiring yeah and it's a lot to like to just throw at her like that like it all makes sense in katarina's head but when you say it out loud all at once it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense right. you know, you could just picture martha be like wait what you know well, I, I think the key always comes back to Mickle, and I forget which character mentions wanting to get Mickle back. And I thought, oh, Wayne's going to like that. Yeah. yeah, I let that one slide. Uh, I caught you it. Know, but, but, you know, once you piece together the Mickle situation and that Mickle, we all know he disappeared. Now Martha understands he traveled through time back to 86. He grew up to become Michael Conwell. Uh, you know, so, I mean, she's had a little bit of time to, but as you say, Katarina throwing it out there in these black and white terms, it's, it's going to take some processing. But right. then we get that scene with Francesca and her parents and, you know, I, I I love the kids and their relationship with their parents because in, in so many ways, the kids are acting like the adults and the adults are acting like the kids. And she's really angry that you knew about time travel all this time and you didn't tell us. And on the one hand, it's like, yeah, yeah. you're right. And you're thinking like, what did you expect them to say? <laughs> yeah exactly well that, that's you know like youth right they they see things in in polar opposites and in extremes and in black and white whatever but uh yeah i mean like we get like any teenager who you know catches adults out lying to them they're they're gonna go crazy on that because yo, you tell me all the time 
not to lie. You know, it's all these things that you, you tell kids. Um, and then as adults, sometimes we have to do those things that we say not to do all the time. Sure. Right? You know, does it make every adult a hypocrite? Well, maybe to some degree, yeah. But, you know, that's kind of like how the world works. And, and you, you only learn that by, you know, getting older, unfortunately. Right. And, and she even throws out that cheating with Benny bombshell blaming both her parents for not confronting the children about what was going on in their parents marriage so you know a lot comes out there but then we get to the nielsen home martha before we go on just charlotte says just like the exact wrong thing which is it's better if you stay out of this and that's just like that just really sets francesca off because that's like the worst thing to say to a teenager who's got their gander up. Is just this is you're just a kid. Don't worry about that. Let the adults handle this. No, she's she's not going to go for that. So we're at home with Martha. Katerine is staring at the family photo, and and you know Martha tries to hug it out with her mother a little bit. But Magnus comes in with the time travel device. He doesn't know how to use it. Why on earth would he let his deranged mother take the device? <laughs> the same reason Jonas did. Uh, I, well, yeah, but Jonas was asleep. She stole it. Uh, yeah. You know, now you could That's argue true. he was careless, and I think you'd be correct, yeah. but uh, I'm not sure whether he knows the level to which his mother has you know, sunk or whatever. I, I mean, I guess he should because he's a time traveler and we assume he's been keeping tabs on what's going on in Wyndon. But here right. it's, it, it just lets her take it. And we then get that final scene where she's got it, but of course she has no idea how to use it. And Katerina doesn't strike me as the kind of individual that's going to calm down and try to, approach this systematically and be able to figure it out i i can see her beating on it with her fists when it doesn't work yeah. right away so or a crowbar or a crowbar right so uh um yeah yeah for sure it's it's uh yeah like I, this is actually the first time i noticed that the case of the magnus the one magnus had is this like kind of leather bound case and the one that hannah has is uh I don't know what you more like. I guess like a kind of like a plastic suitcase. So I, I'd never. So I, you know, it's obviously it's not the same machine getting passed around. These are two completely separate machines, and I, I haven't thought about it enough to figure out. You know, do we know where each machine comes from and everything? But I think we probably do know that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, just handing it over to the Katarina. That's like what? Are, what are you kidding me? Like. Wh- why why are you doing that and how how come well i guess magnus just doesn't pay attention because bartosh did show them how to operate the machine right yeah. so is he lying when he says that he doesn't know it or was he just like not paying attention when bartosh totally showed them how to use the machine yeah okay good point so uh, all right anything else before we get on to the feedback this was a crazy episode that really you know was making me think like just wait hold on now you i just had to think back and say well when did this happen when did this happen like you know for example like 
is it possible that Hannah could have gone back to 1954 and older Jonas not known that? You well, know, I would think Adam certainly knows it, but well, yeah, Adam for sure knows and it, of right? Course, right? But but you know, I, I I don't know. It's just with all the I you know, I don't know. So um, that, that's, again, the, whether he showed her how to use it on purpose, knowing that this is what she was going to do, or whether she just, it was just a, just a bad call on his part. You know, like, you know, we talked about Macbeth with Claudia, but then I, I thought about it a little bit more. Well, also, you know, the Oedipus, you know, tried to prevent a, a prophecy from happening and actually ended up bringing it about. So then you think take that that to Oedipal level then the even though I know it's the Electra complex with the daughter killing her father it's still like that you know that element of it you know like that that the the story of Oedipus of a person tries to you know avoid his fate and ends up actually by doing that bringing it about uh, by killing his father well that's what Claudia does here right sure right. And while she's not sleepwalking, we certainly get that great scene with Lady Macbeth trying to wash the blood from her hands. And, and that's what we see yes. Claudia trying to do. Yes. You know, yes. in this scene. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think. And, and when you go back to the fact that Martha has the Macbeth poster on her wall, and again, she's not related directly to this scene, but it all comes full circle. Um, the last one is just a comment on the German legal system because it appears that they really have zero evidence f- on Ulrich, right? Yeah. And so if they don't have any evidence that he killed those kids and he's not talking to you, like, so they have him locked up in an insane asylum, but he's not talking. So how do they determine he's insane? So in other words, what I'm saying is, why on earth is he locked up? I, I just I just don't understand how that. And I, I know in America we have the writ of habeas corpus, and you cannot just you know lock a person up for no reason and leave them locked up. Uh, that uh, ultimately you have to provide a reason, and there is no reason really here to have them locked him locked up. So well, you know I, I think we talked about that uh, a while back, and and even wondered why being a policeman himself he wouldn't know that acting crazy the way he was when he first you know encounters the police in 1953 that's not the way to get them to release you so you wonder whether he just never ceased that overtly manic behavior and that they're holding him on like a 5150 yeah so i don't know but but yeah all right. I don't know either. All right. Anything else? So I think I think that's I think that's what I got. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got this week, and we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark Season Two, Episode Seven. First off, last podcast about Episode Six. I forgot to tell that I liked the beginning of the episode a lot with Jonas and Marta cycling to the lake and swimming over there. Finally, something colorful, shiny and relaxed. After all the darkness, brownness and grayness of which we are used to in dark. 
I was thinking about who doesn't know by now about the time traveling. So I made an inventory about everybody in the Nielsen, Tiedemann or Conwell's family who doesn't know anything about time travel at any age or any time period. I think it's Sebastian Krüger, so Hannah's father, Daniel Kahnwald, which is Ines' father, Doris Tiedemann, Egan's wife and Claudia's mother, Jana Nielsen, Ulrich's mother, also the mother of the disappeared Mats, and Bernd and Greta Doppler. So Bernd being the boss of the nuclear plant before Claudia became director of the nuclear plant. In episode 5, Claudia, in 1987, visits Bernd and is talking to him about the data she found and making the conclusion that there could be a cord particle. So Bernd does know probably about the cord particle, but does he know about time travel? That's not clear to me. And I think everybody else at some age or in some time period does know about time travel. Furthermore, I want to mention an article I found about Baron Bo Odar and Jantje Vries' work, also outside of Dark, and I posted that on the Facebook page. From your episode 6 podcast, I can make a convincing argument that this is really not his aunt that he's kissing, this version of Jonas. But I still don't know, and I know we talked about whether that's actually a a legal thing whether or not you can marry your aunt like right. i'm not sure we ever came up with an actual answer on that but i remember we talked about it yes we did discuss that in my audio feedback of season one episode seven i discussed it and really wondered what jonas would do when he discovered marta was his aunt and one of the options was that he just continues his relationship with marta I did some research, and in the Netherlands, it's allowed since 1970 to marry your aunt or uncle, and an internet search resulted in the fact that it's also allowed in Germany. And from a genetic point of view, one shares about, on average, 25% of one's genetic material with an uncle or an aunt. And then in my feedback of Season 1, Episode 9, we discussed it again, and uh, I had the hypothesis that Jonas could do three things then. He breaks up without uh, explaining, and Marta will be devastated. Two, Jonas tells Marta the truth, and she breaks it up because she thinks he's crazy. Or three, Jonas tells Martha nothing, but continues the relationship. And actually, option one was then where he chose for. So, breaking up and not explaining, and Marta being devastated. At that time, option three was not so much an option for you and found it a little ridiculous. So continue the relationship and telling Marta nothing. And hear what you say now. Where he's basically there in the rain and he's like, you know, everything's messed up and we can't be together and just let, you know, to, you know, you're getting past that. Okay, well, she's biologically, she's my aunt, but just kind of, I guess, ignoring that and, and saying it's just... This is the person that I love, you know. Right. Okay, going into episode 7. The dreams at the beginning of this episode are somewhat confusing in the sense of what is the dream and what is real. So, for instance, Hannah is stealing the time machine in Jonas's room, but at the same time she's seeing Ulrich standing in the door opening. So it's partly real and partly a dream. 
And the second confusing thing about these dreams is whose dream is it? So the opening scene is that we see old Jonas, Adam actually, sitting in 1921 with Martha in this room. Martha is actually wearing this white dress from the anniversary party of her parents. And she is having bare feet. Why this dress? Why the bare feet? Is this because that was the last time he was together with her? But okay. And whose dream is it? I think it's actually Jonas's dream who is sleeping in his bed in 2020. And you can do this for all other dreams. We've seen Katarina and Mikkel together in Mikkel's room. Well, probably that is Katarina's dream, etc., etc. Next topic is that I find that Katarina so offensive. She is destroying the, the door of the Carnival house to getting in, meeting their middle-aged Jonas and Marta, asking where the time machine is, and Jonas tells that Hannah took it, and he is so devastated and crying, and the only things she can shout towards him, keep your filthy fingers off her, meaning Marta, very, very unpleasant. Actually, we see a lot of her character here, which we also saw when she was younger and teasing other people like, for instance, Regina. In the beginning of the episode, we see Claudia in 1987 analyzing data in her office and her secretary comes in. And you're early in, but proves that she has worked all night. I wonder if these data are the data from the file she gave to one of her co-workers in episode 5 to analyze. Okay, what then happens, you may nicely explain to me, because I really, really don't understand it. Claudia is looking at the newspaper article she had printed out in 2020 about the death of her father. So, in episode 4, she looks at the library computer and sees these newspaper articles. And she asks the girl that is sitting behind her if it's possible to make a printout. So she makes a printout. Then in this episode, episode 7, she unfolds that printout again and reads it again. But there is a difference in the text. If you look at the screen, and I assume that the printout is representative of what's on the screen, in episode 4, the text says that... The janitor had opened the door of Egan's apartment because the neighbors had complained about a filthy smell in the hallway. In this episode, that same printout says suddenly that a neighbor had called the police because Mr. Tiedemann had not turned up at their weekly poker game. Huh? What? I think this is the article she put in 2020 in her pocket. Well, actually we don't see her putting that in episode 4 in her pocket, but I may assume that what's on the screen and she makes a printout that it's the same in 2020. She takes it with her and goes back to 1987. She now unfolds it on her desk and reads it again and it's a different text. So the beginning of the newspaper article is exactly the same, but this sentence is different. Okay, I'm very much looking forward to your explanation. And the next difficult question is, of course, does Claudia realize this difference? Does she see it? Or is this somehow a parallel timeline and she doesn't notice it at all? 
And there is a kind of B story in this episode, the story of Köhler, a.k.a. Clausen and Alexander. The photo Köhler has is probably a photo with his brother and doesn't come from this letter. I was very much in doubt whether this photo was in this letter or this letter was separately, but I think this is just a photo he has from some time ago. And I checked the face of Köhler on this photo with his brother where he's younger, and I really think it's uh, just a younger photo of the actor Sylvester Groth. I looked him up on IMDb and on other places and found some younger photos of him, and it quite looks like it. So that's interesting that they use in this series real younger photos of actors. Next topic is about Egon, when he goes to the Doppler house and shows young Helge this photo of dead Claudia. He doesn't warn the child that he will see a dead person. I think that was quite insensitive. Last podcast I wondered how Adam got the pendant, whereas Marta had it. So middle-aged Jonas got it back from Marta here. And then we see the pendant later in a very worn-out fashion. So he had it for a very, very long time from this point onwards. Then we get, I think, the most beautiful and touchy scene of the whole series so far. That is when middle-aged Jonas meets young Marta and Marta is really realizing it's him and she is still nice and sweet to him and especially the scene where she touches his face and she understands everything. But it is awfully disrupted by Katerina coming in and a lot of anger and repulsion and hatred in her eyes and saying to Marta, do you realize this guy is the son of your brother? And if you look how she looks when she says that, really, really awful. And she she pulls Marta away and takes her home. When they are leaving the house, Marta even looks twice back to Jonas. So I don't know if she really feels like her mother. Not that she wants to hop in bed immediately with this Jonas before Wayne is going to say something, but just somebody you knew and being nice to each other just like that one of the nice scene switches is coming then young egan is driving hannah to the asylum and then you get a a scene switch where claudia is taking egan to the hospital for his chemotherapy and then we go back to the asylum and where hannah meets ulrich and she's really playing the young egan What I think is a little bit of a nitpick is that when Hannah really got close to Ulrich and touches him and face to face very close, Egon is standing further away in this hallway. He must have seen that they are very close to each other. And then afterwards she says, no, this is not my husband. Afterwards he does look a little bit doubtful. And I don't know, this doubt is about Hannah. So, does he believe her that it's not her husband? Well, actually, it is not her husband. And then later in this office, she plays him again. She doesn't want to go back where she came from. So, really curious what is going to play out there. And I think the biggest bad of the series is Hannah. If you look at how she 
Treats Ulrich here and she she just wants to know, do you prefer me over Katerina? And that was the topic in her whole life, even when they were younger. And where she accuses Ulrich having raped Katerina and he got into jail, etc. I think she is really the the big bad here of the series. And as Jonas said, it's all just about you. And actually the same thing the old Egan says to Claudia when he wants to try to call the police station. And he says, you never changed. So when she takes him to the hospital for his chemotherapy, he is happy, etc. But now he realizes she really is the white devil. Okay, that's all for now. Next week, the finale. I will talk about the music in Dark then as well. And I'm wondering what you will do after dark. Great, Fred from the Netherlands. All right, well, well, a perfect segue into one of the things that Fred brings up in his feedback, you know, coming off your talking about the German legal system and, and how it's a little sketchy that they're still holding Ulrich. And, you know, he's talking about the relationship between Martha and Jonas and something we speculated about, you know, whether they could legally have a relationship. And, and he says that, you know, since uh, I think it was 1970, he says you're allowed to marry your aunt or uncle and apparently it's also allowed in germany and and you know we 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 know and you know anybody that's been listening for a while know knows that fred is a genetic scientist in real life and he says that from a genetic point of view you know any child that's born of this union would would share on average about 25% of of the genetic material with the aunt or uncle so i don't know what that means in terms of potential defects or anomalies or whatever but certainly interesting nonetheless now the other thing he brings up and and i don't have an answer for it but i i certainly didn't notice it because number one i don't speak german but but he brings up the two newspaper articles the one that claudia finds right she's in 2020 and that they are worded slightly differently. And, and even though the headline appears to be the same, the subhead, the photo of Egon, what's the meaning of it? I mean, it doesn't change anything radically, but it is a subtle change. And it, for me, it goes back to whether it's a changing timeline, which uh, I guess we could argue in this case the timeline didn't really change. I mean, fundamentally, Egon still dies on June 26th. How he dies and the circumstances maybe are a little bit different, but that's not a big deal. So I just assume that's a byproduct of Claudia going in and, and changing things. But I don't know. I mean, is there something else you thought of? No, I mean, I think it, it just shows that the ability to change things is there. Like, they did something changed. Yeah, but um, did it? You know, it goes back to the whole thing about... But, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not a... You're right. It's not a big thing, but something did change. Though. Okay. All right. Um, I can't think... Of, I think it's called the great person theory or whatever, that it's only changes that are directly related to these 
you know, the, these really important and influential people that will ultimately have an impact on you know, the way things change and whether the timeline fundamentally changes, it, you know, but anyway, um, and then he brings up Hannah is the biggest bad of the series. And yeah. again, going back to Buffy, I believe I could be wrong, but I think that term big bad originated with Buffy as well. But, oh, yeah? uh, okay. you know, Hannah is a big bad. There's no question. And uh, she's become virtually irredeemable. Katerina still has it in her because so much of this is not her fault. You know, I mean, yes, she's gone totally bonkers, but she's not the one that cheated on her husband. Right. I mean, she's not the one that, you know, sent her kids back. So while you'd like to see her exhibit a little more control, she can still be redeemed. So, Fred, yeah, I'm going to go with you that that Hannah is the worst individual in dark, hands down. <laughs> so, yeah, at, at this point, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Anything else you want to bring up about Fred's feedback? No, I just pulled up the i found the a copy of the picture of uh clausen and his brother and i think they definitely that picture was definitely taken in the 80s i don't think it could have been taken any other time <laughs> ever okay so then if you look at the, the jacket the, the one guy's wearing that is that is 80s for sure okay so then any thoughts i had that clausen might be a time traveler himself are are probably well i i mean i don't think we can discredit that idea okay Completely, especially when you know, I mean, like literally everyone in this story is in play. Well, that's true. Except for Peter. But I, I guess I wonder, is he just about finding out what really happened to his brother and getting the person responsible? And as a byproduct of that, will he become aware of everything else that's going on in Winden that's uh, sort of under the radar <laughs> for most people outside the four families anyway? right so all right well fred thank you uh we got one more episode to go you guys of dark and whew, i'll tell you I, I i don't know if we're gonna have to wait a full year i certainly hope not i know they've filmed it i believe they're f finished filming i could be wrong off to check that in the interim and let you guys know next week but uh, i hope we don't have to wait a year still yeah well i mean you think like you know especially the younger actors most notably Mickle. Well, I mean, I guess they are advancing it a year every year, right? Sure. So that they can account for ultimately, well, I mean, they're only doing one more, but still, you know, like they can't wait too long because, you know, these, these kids are going to, you know, get older. Oh, right. And primarily it's Elizabeth. <laughs> they got to Elizabeth. film it before they're like 30 years old or whatever. You know? Well, primarily it's Elizabeth and Mickle. Yeah, the others, right. you know, they're of an age yeah. that, yeah. Look, I mean, how many how many shows do we see where uh, we've got a 27-year-old playing a 17-year-old? So Oh, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, let's go ahead and leave it there. That'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Want to thank you guys for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Dark. Anything going on in genre TV, encourage you to join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. And if you're already a member, you can spread the word, bring people into the group emails go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com 
voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we will be back next week to finish our discussion of Dark Season 2, the finale episode 8, titled Endings and Beginnings. But until then... You know, I, I, I love it when people leave feedback for the show and everything, put you know feedback on iTunes and ratings and stuff like that. But I wish they would give us some... You know, something that it's a little bit more useful than just saying, you incompetent assholes.